Welcome to RNGG 2021 Game of the Year. I'm Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. I'm Crash, my pronouns are they and she. And it's it's here, it's time for the big finale. Yeah! Part two, we're gonna go through the whole 41 entry bracket, which I've posted on Twitter where you can see it. It's all nice and, like, blue and white and Miku colored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, Miku by way of Baja Blast colored. Speaking of Miku, I've been playing the the Gacha Rhythm mobile game. Yeah, how are you liking that? Uh, it's pretty alright, actually. Yeah. I've been having a decent enough time. I, um, I picked up a couple of games that were, like, around or under $10 on my Switch. And, um, I actually really like, um, I've been getting into Neurovoider, I think is what it's called. It's like a twin-stick shooter. You're like a little mm. robot, and you go around shooting other robots, and like... And you're just like a little guy. Yeah, yeah, and like, you you do the whole like roguelike thing where you pick up better parts and you swap them out, and like... But it actually like changes your robot, they like actually like have appearance swaps, so you just kind of look like this fun like ball of like mismatched robot parts, just kind of shooting and swiping and slicing people. I'm not good at it, but also, I think that's kind of fun. <laughs> Okay. Um, we do have one email. It's from Tanner from three days ago. If she theys are warriors of light and they she's are warriors of darkness, can they thems be warriors of 2.21 a.m.? Uh, for the record, this was an email sent at 2.21 a.m. Tanner time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As opposed to 3.21 my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To that, I just say, may your heart be your guiding key. Yeah. Listen, you can pick any time of day you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Warrior of an overcast afternoon. The warrior of April 25th, the perfect day. Or is it April 24th? One of those days. (laughs) Alright, anyways, we should start with this bracket because it's going to be a while. Mm -hmm. God, I need to pull up the document so we can read off the the verses like we did last time. Okay. So, I guess let's just start. We're going to start with the... um, the preliminary round mm. is what I'm just going to call it. Before round one. It determines which of these other games gets into round one. Yeah. We had a perfect number of things got points that literally anything that got even a single point is for sure in round one. Mm. This is everything else that didn't get a point is in the preliminary round. Yeah. And our first matchup is Hero Prophecy Initiative versus Sagalactic. Let's see, I'll read the first one here. It's where it is that towards the top ish. There it is. Level based fighting game. The king of the realm puts a bounty on a dragon to find the prophesized hero. Various adventurers, based on classic RPG classes, attempt to reach this goal for their own reason. Each matchup has a designated stage that changes between rounds depending on the narrative of the fight. Fights consist of 3D movement that turns into Tekken-style 3D fighting when in close range. Versus Sogalactic, which is just MMO. A casual-focused MMO set in a space-faring world touched by magic. Classes are, be- in- broken. Classes are broken into three roles, tank, DPS, and healer. Each role has a melee-focused class and a ranged-focused class. Each role gives you four skills and an ultimate, as does every class. This gives you a total of 10 skills that you pick 5 of, 4 basics and an ult, to supplement your basic attacks as you platform around 3D environments and dungeons. Now, personally, 
I like Saw Galactic it, a little bit more. It's it's Saw Galactic for me as well. Um, I I think Hero Prophecy Initiative is like the kind of bullshit that would actually get me to take a fighting game seriously. But also, I am an MMO player through and through. <laughs> All right, so that's the first of the preliminary rounds done. Next up, we have Earthwatch versus Magical Messenger. Earthwatch is another very beginning game, or not very very, but pretty very. Asymmetrical multiplayer, motion controls, airplanes, and superheroes. The evil alien Grubniks and their food bug hybrid forces are trying to destroy the Earth by harnessing the power of Centurium. However, there exists a force to stop them. Earthwatch, protectors of terra firma, using their special cog suits that allow them to switch from a power-armored form to a jet form, they defeat Grubniks' forces as they work their way towards the Centurium deposit. As they arrive, Grubnik summons giant-sized monsters they must defeat to save the day. It's two phases of combat, a phase where the villain player sends forces out to attack the four heroes and defend the points along the path to the Centurion. Once the heroes get to the end of the path, the villain player takes control of a giant monster in a last attempt at victory. The game features gyro aiming and a few actions performed by shaking the controller. <laughs> Verse, uh, Magical Messenger, which is a text adventure. As an artificer in a fantasy world, you've built an uh, air balloon to test a new communications device. However, as you're up there, you accidentally intercept messengers of four incredibly hot heroes of destiny who have chosen to defend the realm from destructive forces. With your ability to communicate with them, you help the cleric, the ranger, the wizard, and the warrior on their individual adventures, as well as during the larger events they team up for. Your, cho your choices on who to contact and what you tell them can lead to romantic endings where you finally meet up with one or maybe more of the heroes. Uh, I'm feeling Magical Messenger. I said that before, mm. that I, I feel strongly about those kind of games. I think I'm also leaning towards Magical Messenger, but I forgot how many like layers of mechanics Earthwatch had. It did have a lot of mechanics. That's the thing about any of the games that we make, is that, you know, there's, like, mechanics to them. And we don't always write them down. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Alright, that takes us to the next one, which is A Tangled Yarn versus Purloin the Stealth Puzzle Game. Let's see, Tangled Yarn is here. That is a fashion game. The seamstress is a magical entity that travels between her world and the fabric realm using special enchanted threads. Using her magic, she is able to help the stuffed animal denizens of the Fabric Realm overcome the Horrible Stain, capital S. 3D platformer with more of a level-based focus, sewing different outfits allows the seamstress to have access to different abilities, and she's able to mend her own outfits from the fabric scrap she collects from defeated monsters. Perloin, the, the stealth puzzle game, is a level-based stealth game. Uh, which has board game aesthetic puzzle, or it's a Board game aesthetic puzzle game where you play as a rogue in a high uh, high fantasy world with the goal of getting as much treasure as possible without engaging in combat. You have access to limited tools such as smoke bombs and scrolls of silence as you navigate the world such as a or as you navigate levels such as a pirate cove, vampire castle, or uh, cavernous dungeons some of which other adventurers are also exploring. This is actually the first tough one, I think. Agreed. 
Agreed, because um, I know both of these are definitely games that I could just see being like indie darlings on the Switch, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Tangled Yarn, I'm realizing, is very much like Balon Wonderworld. <laughs> Wonderland? Wonderworld. I don't remember which one it it's is. It's Wonderworld because I kept wanting to call it Wonderland. Hmm. But it's that it's not Super Mario Land anymore. It's Super Mario World. It's Super Mario RPG. <laughs> um. So like it's you know like kind of indie three D platformer mm. with, like a cutesy but like I don't know kind of a little not cutesy aesthetic. I think is what we landed on. Like to me, like a little like you took a cutesy thing and then applied like a, a wash to it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely got like um that sort of darker desaturated cell shading kind of look mm-hmm. versus you know it's a board game yeah it's a board game aesthetic <laughs> i mean i think i'd be more inclined to pick up a tingled yarn if i saw it on the nintendo eShop versus Perline, the stealth puzzle game you know i'm inclined to agree because i think as as much as i love Perloin, i feel like at least just kind of um, how we've described it and therefore, I guess, in my mind, how it would be marketed. I don't think it would have like a, a very strong like eShop presence. I think it's definitely one of those games that like you heard about from your friend who really likes it and recommends it to you. I think it would like hit like the same kind of a crowd as like Dicey Dungeons or something. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, I think a tangled yarn moves to the next round. Okay. Next we have Auroral Phoenix versus Writing (parentheses Writing) Bibliopolis. Auroral Phoenix is a post-apocalyptic action RPG. The Earth has hatched, and the Auroral Phoenix has awoken. Chunks of the Earth slowly drift apart, and as time passes, smaller societies have thrived in the new and lush environments the Auroral has caused. After the water deatomizer of the town fails and needs to be replaced, the heroes go to get a replacement. On their journey, they encounter parasites, which is also spelled weird. <laughs> I did not remember that we spelled that weird. <laughs> that have come to devour the auroral. <clears throat> they return home before going on a quest to warn other continents and to save the phoenix. Very, like, Xenoblade-inspired mm. was our thought process. Each character has, like, an element that they use. Yeah, and, like... Very clear, like, fighting styles. Yeah. Um, and then writing, parentheses, writing, Bibliopolis is a vocabulary game. Uh, a word-play-filled adventure game. The camera is set in the center of each area to um, pay homage to the fixed perspectives of games like Resident Evil and Final Fantasy VII. Visually themed like the art in a children's book, like um, sort of like the Phantom Toll booth. Uh, the world of Bibliopolis, um, a setting in a book, begins to unravel after a character decides to do something off script. In order to set things right, they try, uh, I guess that's the characters in the story, try to summon a writer from another world, but instead they summon a writer. So the first writer is like to make something right, and then the second one is somebody who writes stuff that mm-hmm. i'm trying to explain it like that but also they're the homonyms are 
There's so many homonyms in that one. So we got the one where everything's spelled weird versus the one where everything sounds the same. Which informs the mechanics because now the writer must go and solve puzzles throughout the world by taking and adding letters to words to change their meanings. Things like changing a lock to a clock to escape a room, sealing a hole by making it whole. So one with a W and one without or inspiring a painter by turning their mouse into a muse. Mm-hmm. It's so silly. It really I, is. I love it. I, I have a deep love for the Phantom Tollbooth, mm. which is a big inspiration for that one. Um, I remember. I think I want to go with the Rural Phoenix personally, though. I, I'm, I'm you, very, I am very inclined to agree with you there. Um, I feel like writing Bibliopolis. I feel like I remember like us having a little bit of difficulty with that episode in that like we were trying to come up with like examples of puzzles and they just weren't like happening versus I feel like a Royal Phoenix was one of those where I was like mechanics, mechanics, story, story. Like it very much just happened mm-hmm. very naturally. I think part of it was that we managed to get like a certain type of puzzle a lot we were like oh yeah you can just add letters to words and become other words for sure mm-hmm. absolutely no problem yeah yeah but then i was try- trying to figure out like okay what are some other puzzles we could do with this because i needed to think of a third one that was different enough from the others and yeah yeah and like honestly like maybe also adding like the abilities to like screw with homonyms would be like real like a fun like later game addition <laughs> but i think i think it's a royal phoenix for me for sure um I, I just like the kind of Xenoblade inspired kind of aesthetic, but I think it had a lot more of like flight involved was like very, um, I don't know. It, it really resonated with me as far as like a gameplay's like feel. Mm-hmm. Cause okay. Oh, oh no, no, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Uh, it takes us to the last one of the first half of the bracket. We have Legend of Zelda Convergence of Stories versus Heart of the City. Let's see here. Legend of Zelda Convergence of Stories was a Legend of Zelda lightning round. It's like a Zelda kart racer with characters and tracks from throughout franchise's history. All of the items are dungeon tools. <laughs> That's all she wrote. <laughs> she being me, mm-hmm. I wrote this. Mm-hmm. Heart of the City is a city soulsborn. Um, a small number of major corporations have a stranglehold over various parts of the city, uh, complete with towering skyscrapers and complete with tiring, towering skyscrapers. You make a living by taking missions from them, as well as um, the regular folk of the city, to mess with the other corporations or to explore the ever-changing undernetwork. The Soulsborne dungeon parts of the game keep a free-running platform element as you destroy various automatons and security agents with fantastical sci-fi weapons. So this one I remember is the one where I did uh, research by installing Let It Die and then playing Let It Die. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I just, I don't know, I think like the idea of like doing a Soulsborne but kind of set in a almost cyberpunk setting i think is really interesting and really cool mm-hmm. yeah i think that's like pretty clean part of the city takes that one let's just all the conversions it's just like it's the thing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's the thing that we said it is yeah yeah and like and in some ways that's fun but in other ways it's you know it's like all right it's not interesting <laughs> yeah like I, I don't know i'm 
I like kart racers well enough, but a lot of the time I can't justify spending the money on them. Hmm. Alright, um, so we're going to bounce to the other side of the, the bracket. And we have Frogger's Puzzle Dungeon versus Neo Salem Free Runners. Let's see here, where did Frogger's Puzzle Dungeon go? I just saw it. Okay, there's Neo Salem. Okay. Here we are, Frogger's Puzzle Dungeon. Also another lightning round, but this time for Frogger. Dracula magicked up a castle in the middle of Frogger's swampy home. And now he's stuck in the basement catacombs. Now Frogger and his amphibian friends must work their way to safety while avoiding dangers and collecting flies. A tile-based puzzle game where different frogs have different movement styles. Neo Salem Freerunners is a vampire game. A free-to-play open-world sandbox free-running game. You play as a vampire and have access to a double jump, air dash, wall run, and a glide ability. You can take missions from one of three factions. Merchant missions involve um, moving from one point to another for deliveries with occasional vehicle segments. Some of these missions are flagged for PvP, where you might be attacked by players by taking missions from the Vengeance Faction, a group of vampires who crave the blood of the old ways. There are also the Ravers, whose missions focus on mini-games such as warehouse obstacle courses and swords. Uh... Listen, I these are both good in different ways. Like, if I had Frogger's Puzzle Dungeon on my phone, I would probably play a good bunch of Frogger's Puzzle Dungeon. Agreed. If if I had some friends who had Neo Salem Freerunners installed from the Epic Games Store, <laughs> or, I'd probably put some time into it. Or, um, what was Sea of Thieves on? Uh, that was on Game Pass, right? It's on Game Pass. It's also on Steam. Mm. I feel like that's how I know a lot of people who weren't already into uh, Sea of Thieves, who got into Sea of Thieves. It was like, oh, it's on Game Pass. Let's give it a go. It's on Game Pass is the thing. And I feel like that's kind of... Uh, Neo-Salem Freerunners had like a very similar like Sea of Thieves kind of feel, where it's like, if you just want to like run around and just do bullshit all day, you can. But I have it- put a surprisingly large amount of time into Fortnite this year, so that's... Listen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just really fun to just run around and do bullshit. It's so much fun to just run around and do bullshit. <laughs> ne- Neo Salem Freerunners gets my vote. I, I, I will have to back you up on that. I think it goes to the next round. Right. That takes us to Astral Debris versus Splatoon 3. Astral Debris was a sci fi action RPG. A small force of androids and robots are sent out on an exploration mission and come across malevolent entities made of space junk. They explore deeper and deeper into that sector of the cosmos to defeat the hive system that is controlling and creating them. Junk from defeated enemies is used to upgrade your team member's skill trees. Versus Splatoon 3, a Splatoon spinoff. Bowser's Fury style... (laughs) (laughs) Bowser's Fury style level design with co-op... Enemies are Chaos Riding Inklings. Quest system for... Chaos Raider Inklings. Oh, Raider. Sorry, yeah. Chaos Raider Inklings. There's a quest system for the shopkeeps, and then there's a battle royale based on Splat Zone's concept. Yes. Um, listen, I'm not going to give it to Splatoon 3. This is for sure already going to Astral Debris. Yeah. Even if I don't feel that strongly about that either. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Splatoon 3 is a game that is going to be real. It is a real game that will exist soon. <laughs> yeah, it's... Because 
did we do that before the the Splatoon like three official announcement? I think we did it after the Splatoon three official announcement. Uh-huh. We were just like, I want to like you know pitch some ideas. Yeah, it's like it's kind of one of those fun things where it's like, okay, we've seen a trailer, but not much more than that. So let's kind of reverse engineer a game. Yeah. Um, whereas Astral Debris, I remember we talking about. I was talking about, like, a, an RPG party made of different types of, like, robot designs. You know, you have, like, your big, bulky kind of mechanical thing. Mm-hmm. You have, like, your anime robot girl. You have mm-hmm. all sorts of different stuff. A gonk droid. I love a gonk droid. Could you, it's just like a, it's a, it's a party guest for, like, one chapter of the story. <laughs> you have to do a, a, an escort mission for the gonk droid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Larza in Final Fantasy twelve, where it just like has high potions, like infinite high potions. And, and anytime it uses them, it just goes gonk. <laughs> Speaking of voice callouts, I've been playing some Final Fantasy fourteen, the free to play online MMO that is currently not able to be purchased by new players. Yeah. Um and just I was doing some I'll probably have just, like, done this thing where we fade out in the middle of that and we fade back in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, um... Next ma- matchup is Job Hunter Overtime Crisis versus The Wonderland Wars. Job Hunter Overtime Crisis is a hunting game. It's a first-person light gun game where you play as a mercenary part-time worker who uses various projectiles to accomplish all of their jobs. This includes firing staples at paper from long range, using foam bullets to air juggle burgers on the grill, and handling multiple tables of customers from behind a bar. It's an arcadey game about getting as many points as you can as an announcer cheers you on. The Wonderland Wars, which is graciously submitted by our good friend of the show, Tanner, uh, which is about multiple factions vying for a mysterious power source hidden within the sand-filled Sandstorm-filled Wanderlands. As a small but relatively unknown Sandskiff racer, you work with others to do delivery-slash-transport jobs to build a new faction to help everybody and explore into the Wanderlands to bring energy to all. A lot of vehicle-based gameplay, including races, try to outpace and outmaneuver the other factions, chasing you through the wastes. I think my vote for this one is Job Hunter. I had so much fun coming up with Job Hunter. That was one of those things where, like, oh, we talked about it for a second after we got the prompt. Mm-hmm. And I have the best idea I've ever come up with in my life. Yeah, yeah. I think that one also just had good jokes. Now that I'm thinking about, like, how we couldn't think of good jokes for this season, I think Job Hunter had some pretty good ones. I feel like that had good chuckles. I know that was an episode where we talked about cock guns a lot. Yes! <laughs> Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which there's that uh a TikTok account that does a bunch of reloading of just everyday objects as if they were like a weapon in an FPS game. Yeah, yeah. I started to follow including the cock gun. Mm-hmm. I started following him on Twitter and he's like kind of really cool and chill. Like for one nanosecond he was like NFTs and everyone was like, no. And he's like, got it. Understood. I will never. <laughs> all right uh we have for our final preliminary matchup fabricated evidence your type versus wrecker rally 
Fabricated Evidence, Your Type, is a contemporary pop star sequel to a previous title and also a creator game. Uh, it's less of a game and more of a level pack expansion for Fabricated Evidence. Following Carly Ray Jepsen across four stops on a tour as you are hired to deal with, which is in double quotes, apparently. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Uh, fans that are overstepping their bounds. It also introduces the ability to design your own objectives on the available maps, as well as adding additional geometry and obstacles. Wrecker Rally is a kid-friendly car mobile game. Cartoony vehicle cartoony vehicular combat battle royale the vehicles ha- um the vehicles have exaggerated aesthetics and the map is designed to the same scale as the vehicles all of which are approximately the same size ish um four inventory inventory slots for weapons like ranged guns and spiked barding and turtle wax for shields building and environments have hot wheels type in interactivity with vehicles Vehicles also have extendable wings for stunts and gliding. This is essentially Fortnite, but with cars. Yeah, yeah, it's Fortnite with cars, and I'm I'm here for it. I want it to be real. I remember coming out of that one being like, I'd play the hell out of this game. Yeah, yeah, and like, I really wanted Fabricated Evidence, your type, to be stronger when we were coming up with it, but I feel like it was mostly one of those things where like we just said a lot of words for the novelty of it, and that was kind of it. I think I've, well, it's, we had to try to fit in the creator stuff. Yeah, and all stuff. like it's yeah. it's one of those things that got you know the the beauty of the of the way this show works is that sometimes you get a banger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not every time. Yeah, I think Garecker Rally is the winner for this this matchup. Yeah, with that putting it on the spot. There we go. Now, let's see if I can get away with flattening this image and sending it to you, but it's probably going to be way too big for Discord. Mm. And there's not, like, an easy way for me to send this to you, so I'm just going to have to keep reading it. Okay. It's fine. All right, now time for the actual round one. We're going to break this into, uh, you know, divisions. There's four divisions on our bracket layout. Um, I think we're just going to keep going in the same order we've been doing, where we just do all of the left side and then all of the right side. So it doesn't actually even matter, mm-hmm. the divisions, but they exist. All right. Uh, first up, we have, I died and got reincarnated as a secret bonus boss, which is our number one seed game, up against Saw Galactic. Um, let me read, I died and got reincarnated as a secret bonus boss, because we have not read that one yet. Yeah. That one was another title prompt from Tanner. After getting into an accident, the protagonist wakes up to find themselves in their favorite RPG, Endless Wander 5. Unfortunately, they are in the human form of the secret boss, Laren, Guardian of the Aether, who is an all-powerful dragon. Shortly after waking up, Laren saves the hero and ends up joining his party, alongside Cleric and Rogue. They travel from town to town helping people as they head towards the Demon King's Tower. Laren is worried about hiding their identity as the hero unknowingly finds the items that are used to reveal the secret boss and is unaware of the hero's growing affection. Eventually, you fight the original fourth party member, Wizard, who has been employed by the Demon King. Demon King dispels your human form in the final battle, but the hero restores you. The game is followed by a beach date epilogue. Extremely, extremely important epilogue. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things I came into this matchup thinking like, well, you know, it's it's kind of like okay, 
rereading it, I'm like, no, this game whipped. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play that. Yeah, and, like, I think we even, like, it's talked cute. about, like, um, the, when you play as the protagonist, there's, like, um, RPG Maker ha- kind of has this system where, like, not only do you have your, like, your mana bar, but you also have, like, a second pool of resources that you kind of can gain by, like, spending MP. And I think the, the main character has, like, a fun mechanic where, like, um, they can do, like, normal spells that, like, the wizard would normally be able to do to fuel, like, dragon-based attacks. So it kind of has, like, this, like, ink, this slight hint of, like, what's to come for Lair and, and, like, their secret as, like, the, the ultra-powerful dragon. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think this beats Saga Galactic. Like as yeah, as no, it's so it's such a good idea on reread. It's so mm, cute. Like, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, and, like I don't know. I like the idea of like stories where you've got somebody who knows what's going on with the plot, and like, at, but like, is like, okay, I know what's going to happen, so I can't interfere but accidentally gets involved in everything and then changes it because of that and changes it for the better and for the gayer too. And it also has the, uh, a little bit of like with um, things like my next life as a villainess, all routes lead to doom where they are trying very hard to not be murdered about it to the point where they don't realize that anybody that would murder them actually just is really attracted to them instead. Right, right. And then I think we also didn't I make like RPG Maker. You did, and they were all very cute. I remember because we spent like an entire we spent like a couple hours afterwards doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I remember. Uh, I mean, they're all cute, but like especially Hero and um, Laren are just like they're cute and very gay. All right, uh, our next matchup we have Spyro, a little bit nasty, versus DN Animals. They read Spyro. That was an earlier game. Why am I having such a hard time finding anything? God, that that has been me. All right, Spyro, a little bit nasty was a Spyro lightning round game. We assume I never wrote down lightning round, but we've we've in- implied that it was that. Yeah, based yeah. On everything, in fact, based on the fact that the only thing it said was Spyro. Mm. An isometric platformer with turn-based combat. Gnasty Gnork has once again turned all the dragons into statues, but this time he has the help of his son, Little Gnasty. Little Gnasty uses time magic to force Spyro and friends into classic RPG combat. Spyro and his pals must save the dragons and once again defeat Gnasty. And then Dian Animals is a two-screen experience about evolution. In a world of monsters and monster raising, a professor tasks you with completing a machine and learning about the volatile nature of the local wildlife. As you explore, you learn that certain creatures are being affected by a dark parasite that causes them to rapidly evolve in unpredicted ways. In combat, the top screen shows an idle RPG battle, while the bottom screen shows a match-based puzzle game. Matching tiles gives you that tile's respective DNA points, and that uh, you can use to upgrade your creature and cause evolutions. So, I have realized something. Mm-hmm. And this is because, you know, recording in 2021. Mm-hmm. That's like the fourth game we did like that we've read so far where one of the major plot points is there's a mysterious dark parasite that's corrupting something. Yeah, I noticed that too while I was reading that. I was like, hey, <laughs> tell me you're, you're living in a global pandemic without telling me you're living in a global pandemic. <laughs> 
um, I could go either way on this, I think. I think I'm feeling a little strong, more strongly about D and animals. I think that's okay. I think that's because I Spyro is one of those games that I've always wanted to really get into, but I never really have. I'm a big Spyro fan. Yeah. Which is yeah. why I'm like in the middle ground. I'm like, oh, I like Spyro. It'd be like a fun game to have like a Superstar Staga mm-hmm. style Spyro game. No, and that, I think the world could use a, a that style of RPG. But also, I don't know. I just, I like the idea of like, because like, I think we had like a fun like combination of like, okay, well, if your creature started off this element, but you added this on, it kind of has like this sort of effect. And, the 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 combinations for like your critter and like having them be like approximate to real life critters but like not quite is like engaging for mm-hmm. my brain i'm glad you get to see all my my hand motions now because i'm a very like hand talker <laughs> i am sometimes but right now i'm like more just like doing more like facial expressions mm-hmm. which i come from the jim carrey school of acting <laughs> All right, uh, next matchup, we have Crunchyroll Academy Sports Festival Online versus Magical Messenger. Crunchyroll Academy Sports Festival Online is the fourth game we did this year. Mm -hmm. It's a non-video game tie-in sports MMO. A social MMO that features several sports minigames that you can level up in and unlock new skills off skill trees. Seasonal events and Guild v. Guild tournaments make up a majority of new content. Honestly, like... Okay, so I guess I will go ahead and say I think Magical Messenger is my vote for this matchup, but I will say I do just want an online game that is about doing like dumb minigame bullshit. Like I think I agree. Even if it's not like Crunchyroll Titan, I think this is just something I want to exist in our world. I want a new Toontown Online. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I think I think Magical Messenger is, is what I'm going to vote for for this round. I think Crunchyroll Academy Sports Festival Online is also another look into a different type of game that we made a lot of, which is the kind of like social multiplayer game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is like kind of casual focused more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Versus games like Final Fantasy XIV, which have the social elements to them, but you can really engage with a more like hardcore element if that is what you're going into the game for. Or you can be like me, and then it's like, oh, okay, let's do group content. We'll do these extreme fights unsynced, and everybody's like doing the thing, and I die like four times because I'm underleveled. <laughs> it's like a god, yeah, like the times we were because we farmed Leviathan Extreme, right? Mm-hmm. And we did that. We you know did a little bit of horse farming. Mm-hmm. I, f- um, I feel like I remember Leviathan being extra tricky for you. One. Because you didn't have the HP to just, like... Because it was just the two of us, and I kept getting murdered. <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't have the HP to just brute force a lot of the mechanics, and I did. So I'm like, yeah, you just kind of, like, do this. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, like, I'm I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But I can get away with that, because I'm level 80. <laughs> yeah, doing, um, doing that on Alistair with, like, five other people, doing, like, Leviathan Extreme, that went a lot easier. Like, I survived most of that fight. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, oh, well, people are all doing different things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll agree Magical Messenger makes it to the next round before we devolve into more Final Fantasy XIV discussion. <laughs> it's it's just like a, 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 a snapshot of like the two of us sitting at a table 
talking and like recording and then there's just like Keitelin's crystal in the background just like looming over us. I was trying to think of a hear, feel, think, but with podcasting, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> My brain didn't. Uh, hear, feel, review us on Apple Podcast. Like, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the bell. <laughs> okay, uh, next matchup is a Tingled Yarn versus Final Fantasy Tactics Advance 3 Journey of the Grimoire. Which was you, my... You wanna, yeah. You read Final Fantasy? Which was my anniversary episode, self-indulgent. Um... When Nisa Wygram decodes her family's special heirloom grimoire, she is te- teleported to the magical world of Ivalis. In order to go home, Nisa needs to accept her destiny as the Warrior of Light and seal the Void Rift that is causing monsters to attack her the new home she's come to love. She reluctantly accepts her destiny as she doesn't have any friends to go back home to. Game features a new battle type or er, battle system, the archetype system, which opens jobs to any member of your team. Cameos include Noctis and Luna Freya and the boys from Final Fantasy XV, a Makote and Meteor from Final Fantasy XIV. Your Ivalis friends are Uther, a bookworm Bonga, Mogri the Moogle, Delna, a Viera Judge, and Toss the Bomb. Toss the Bomb. That was good. <laughs> Noctis and the boys are there. Yeah. Gotta have some Final Fantasy XIV love. Uh, some Final Fantasy fifteen love. Exactly. And I think also wasn't the Makote also like a, a shopkeeper a la like Anna from Fire Emblem? Yeah. I think that was what we were saying. Yeah, which is just adorable and cute. I love I love Anna from Fire Emblem. Yeah. She's a good one. Um I mean I'm very biased about this, is the thing. <laughs> Listen. I don't have opinions about Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, the series. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't really ever been able to get into them. Yeah. It's just like, it's one of those things where all of it seems like, it's like one step too far for me to be able to get into it. Yeah, I get that. Because it has the placing everything on the map, so you build your own world map. Mm-hmm. Which is, I know it deals with unlocks and stuff like that, and so it, I, I would have be too anxiety about that. Um, then there's the law system and everything else. And like all of that is before you even get into the concept of building up characters. Yeah. I think that's why I like the, um, the quality of life hack that I found semi recently, which, um, the randomizers built off of, cause they just like literally just, they remove the law system and they remove that like five hour intro with the snowball fight. You're like, you name Marsh, you name your clan, and then you just get dropped right onto the world map. Yeah, I have that on my DS, and I totally forgot that it removed the law system. Mm. But I'll to, Maybe I'll dig into it then. And then I also will say that, like, map placement, the only thing you really can get from it that's, like, good and missable is, like, a handful of ribbons. But, like, ribbons can't be equipped by all of your party members anyway, unless you're going for, like, an all-Viera team. So... You'll survive with, with an air quotes, bad map layout. There's really no right or wrong way to do it. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Auroral Phoenix versus Days on Iris. Oh, did we say which one won that round? I, yeah, I just put Final Fantasy Tactics okay. the next round. Okay. We talked enough about it that I felt like, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tangled Yarn. <laughs> uh, Days on Iris, a realistic episodic space game. A series of short stories about the people working on an interstellar research and in iris... Nope. Interstellar research and intelligence station, also known as Iris, 
Each story involves playing as a different character and interacting with the others on the station, with occasional puzzle solving. Stories include a counselor speaking with the members of the crew and checking mental health, a drone pilot trying to impress their research partner, and a mechanic walking a researcher through a very tense repair situation. See, this run is... I remember is... having a very lovely time coming up with that yeah, one. Yeah, and th- this is what's really difficult, is I feel like these two games are on the two ends of the spectrum for, like, games that I, I, I enjoy. Because, like, Aurora Phoenix is, like, one of those games that has, like, it's a good narrative, but it's also just, like, extremely good p- gameplay. Like, I, when I, I actually sat down and finally played Xenoblade, I played, like, hours of that game, like, back to back to back. It's very pretty, too. Uh-huh. Versus, like, Days of on Iris is one of those games that, like, it, it sticks with you, like, emotionally and has, like, some, like, good, like, you know, it's more or less a visual novel, right? Like... It's, like, it's a Quantic Dream game without all the baggage of David Cage existing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, I don't know, it's just, like, they're two very different things that I enjoy. Um... Days on Iris is very much a game that I would watch someone else play than play them myself. Agreed. Aurora Phoenix is a game that I feel like I would have to play myself. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think for me, it's Aurora Phoenix to the next round. Although Days on Iris was really good. I had a lovely time coming up with the stories and the characters that existed on there, and we were talking about like, um, there's like a chef there that was doing stuff. And mm. then there's that one person who's almost about to be retiring, but then has like a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that it's episodic, but like, since you're dealing with a, an enclosed space, like a space station characters show up in each other's story. And like, you kind of get them a little bit more because you've spent time with them in previous segments. Honestly, days on Iris could just be a TV show and I would enjoy it. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like set it like, set it within the star trek universe or some shit like that i'd love that i think the new hit one is the expanse i don't know anything about it but mm. telltale's making an expanse game um yeah i'll give a point to the royal phoenix yeah all right that takes us to gex analog versus shop till you drop dead i will take gex gex is a comedy game while on a mission in the media dimension with agent extra Gex is taken by Rez and infected with liquid Rez. Here it is again. Here it is again. (laughs) Morphing him into a creature of pure television static. Agent Extra enlists the help of Gex's trans gamer girl daughter, Anna. Or Anna, because it's analog. Mm -hmm. uh, To help save him. They must navigate the virtual recreation of Gex's mansion and find the various television entrances to the different levels. Rather than movies and films, the levels in this game pastiche and parody aspects of popular video games and game design trends, including levels themed after Soulsborne and survival horror games, Metroidvanias, classic lope, and classic low-poly 3D platformers. After confronting Liquid Gex across multiple level types, Anna confronts Rez and saves her father. Shop Till You Drop Dead is a game about zombies. You play as a lone zombie in a mall during the holiday season, with the goal of turning the whole place into zombies. You can sneak around using various gadgets you find, such as a rubber disguise mask or RC cars you can put your head on, as you increase your skill tree allowing you to do more things, like jumping and throwing your arm as a ranged attack. Eventually, you face against the local security guard and some teens that have watched too many horror movies as the last line of defense for the living. This is is tough. tough. 
Yeah, I, I very much like. You know, I'm a Gex fan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a person who likes Gex games. I'm, mm-hmm. the, I am the person that likes Gex. <laughs> there are dozens of us. You've turned me into a person tweeting at Square Enix to to bring back Gex. <laughs> um, the shop till you drop dead is like a fun, like arcadey reverse Dead Rising kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like. I think I think Shop Till You Drop Dead is like a fun. I think they're both kind of um, like almost like genre parodies, or I guess yeah, um, maybe not parody, but like one of those games that's like very aware of like its genre. So like Shop yeah, Till You yeah. Drop Dead is like very much about like not only being a zombie game, but like making fun of and like spoofing zombie games as well. Zombie media in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like, Gex is... That's just kind of what Gex Gex, games do anyway. (laughs) Um, Um, Here's my thought. Okay. My thought is that I would play Shop Till You Drop Dead once. Maybe twice. Get, like, the general vibe of it. Maybe stream it for somebody. But that would be it. I'd Mm -hmm. put it down after that. Mm -hmm. Gex Analog, I would probably play until it was done. Yeah. I I think... I'm in a similar, like, situation where I think... Gex, Gex, I would 100% clear. Shop Till You Drop Dead, I would play through the story and then be done with it. Yeah. Not that there's much story to Shop Till You Drop Dead. <laughs> right. It's mostly just, like, fight the final boss and, like, you know, see the credits, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have jwebs.blogzone versus One More Tale. jwebs.blogzone, the second game of the year. It's a horror game. Uh, it's more like an existential horror, though, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a virtual desktop experience where you explore through a person's blog, playing various short games and unfinished prototypes they've made, as well as reading life updates. Over time, the games take longer and become more unfinished as J-Webs gets jobs and depression and has less time and energy to focus on them. Games get darker and themes get harsher as the shadow of capitalism creeps in. It ends on a bittersweet note of J-Webs liking some comments people posted a few months after the last update. Versus One More Tale, which is a strategy game. A roguelike strategy game in a point-to-point map traversal style of FTL. Generic RPG heroes are pseudo-gacha summoned to the world the world to defeat the world's grand villain. You manage their equipment and decide on their tactics prior to battle, in which you have no input. Once you defeat a villain, you get a short cutscene telling the story of the storyteller, an entity in space between worlds that's creating conflict to make stories. You then create a, they then create a new villain to attack a world that gotcha summons more heroes and the cycle continues. Eventually, the villains created become so powerful they rip into the space between worlds before heroes defeat them and the storyteller. Okay. I really like this is also a year for just like casual like idle RPGs. <laughs> Here's the thing about One More Tale is that every time I wrote it or read it or anything involving the uh the name of it, I couldn't remember what game it was. Agreed. Even to this exactly this moment until you started reading it. I was like, which one was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be about critters to be honest. <laughs> even though it's not that spelling of tail <laughs> um versus like jwebs.blogzone like stuck to my ribs after we finished that episode recording like i have thought about that concept a lot 
Okay, so the thing about J-Webster Blocks, and if you want an experience that's a lot like this, that mm. already exists, mm. um, I recommend checking out, um, God, what is it called? The Beginner's Guide? Mm. I want to say is what it was. Let me check that. It's made by the people who did um, Stanley Parable, I think. Okay. Might also need to double check that. Um, <laughs> citation needed. Citation needed. <laughs> let me, I'm just pulling it up. Let me pull it up. Beginner's Guide, a $5 game on Steam. Mm. Made by Everything Unlimited, which also did the Stanley Parable. Gotcha. Okay. You can buy them in a combo pack for eleven twenty three right now. Um, but it's like, that is a game that like was a very big inspiration for that episode mm-hmm. on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a game that I did not play. I have not played it. I have only watched it be played. Um, but even then, like it was very emotionally... Uh, affecting mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. I, I did have a moment where it's like oh and you know it's like another one of those there's a, there's a lot of things that i think about where it's like oh you know if i was on hormones a little bit before then i probably would have cried like it intensely cried about that yeah yeah um but yeah so I, I'm, I'm gonna say people should check that out mm-hmm. um one more tale is a game that I, I had the idea of i remember that one i think i also came in with like hey i have an idea mm-hmm um doesn't mean it was good yeah <laughs> but i did have one mm-hmm. um jay webs is gonna gonna go on i think so big recommend people check out the beginner's guide though mm-hmm. uh next up we have heart of the city versus transformers search for the spark transformers search for the spark is a lightning round of transformers as the leader of a new age of autobots you are in charge of an the ongoing race to find the all spark before the decepticons this time, the search has brought you to Las Vegas, Nevada, and the surrounding area, where you can still explore the open world before diving into XCOM-style tactical combat. Like, the idea of XCOM, but it's Transformers, I feel like should have stuck up, stuck out in my brain more. But I could not remember anything about this episode, other than it was, like, Transformers and you drive around Las Vegas in the desert. Yeah, um, I remember we said that like you choose what size vehicle you are mm-hmm. as the leader because you either like you know, I think the small end was like a motorcycle, high end was like a semi truck. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't, I don't even think it was a semi truck. I think we said it was a dump truck. We didn't want you to be able to play as Optimus Prime. Right. Yeah, it just had to be just slightly different enough. Hmm. Um. um I was also the episode that before and also during it, I asked Lava see if they had any ideas because mm. they're they're a transformers fan that mm. I but that or heart of the city how are you feeling this is like a yeah, it's like another one of those again like, eh, rounds yeah i am still feeling heart of the city is the thing mm. uh just because free running vampires is just very different game oh shit <laughs> Oh, I'm such a fake fan. <laughs> the city. Which one's that? Was one? the Cyberpunk Soulsborne? Oh, I think it still wins. Okay, it's <laughs> <laughs> very funny though. All right, it takes us to the other side of the the bracket. Now it's time to talk about that game that you mm-hmm, just thought it mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Green Hill Zone theme park versus Neo Salem Free Runners. So Green Hill Zone theme park uh, was my anniversary episode. It also isn't a video game. It's a it's a it's a theme park that has a bunch of different things, uh, such as a sci- Sonic time traveling dark ride that matches up different stuff from the franchise, a Wisp themed roller coaster, 
which I think about a lot. I do yeah. think about it a lot. It's like the one thing about that episode that's like sticks out in my brain is like that would be fun. Just like a bright white track with like lights that light up different colors at night. Mm. Just a speaker and the headrest that just goes cube before <laughs> you do a big drop. Exactly. Exactly. Also had Badniks and Babylon Rogues themed flat rides, uh, carnival games, and a cream slash cheese slash chow themed diner. I remember just like my brain being completely lit up by that diner is the thing. We talked about like cute foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, we was like, oh, each hedgehog has like a different like dessert. Yeah. So you're talking about like, yo, like a Sonic versus a shadow versus like an Amy parfait. Mm-hmm. God. So, but it's not a video game. Is the thing. <laughs> yeah. But also, it's really good. And then, and also that episode sparked a whole spinoff series. It did. It was part of that, the, the creation of RNGT off the rails, mm. um, which I do want to do like an actual just episode of we pick a, we pick a thing. And so I, I've had this idea mm-hmm. and I've mentioned it several times. I might've even mentioned it to you at this point. Yeah. Um, just a like a mini series of off the rails where it's like three episodes maybe four episodes long where each episode we each me and whoever my co-host is on that run could be you it could be anyone mm-hmm. um we we roll on the rngg topics table and each of us has to make a theme park land based off of a different topic and then at the end we have six lands and like a hub world, and each one of them is based on a topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, RTS theme park, let's go. That's the genre, it's not I know, topic. I know, I know. But it was just like, <laughs> I was thinking about the the genre list, too. <laughs> Rome Total War 2, the theme park. <laughs> Here's the thing, it's like, I really like Green Hill Sam theme park. Mm-hmm, I do. Mm-hmm. It's not a video game, but I do like it a lot. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it should be allowed to move on over Neo Salem Freerunners because it is not a video game. Yeah. Um, also, Neo, Neo Salem Freerunners was also a really strong contender is the thing. It's it's like a fun idea. I, it's one of those things that I think I would have more enjoyment just knowing Green Hill Zone theme park exists mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. playing Neo Salem Freerunners. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll give it to Neo Salem. I, I, I'll, I'll call the like we don't often talk about what is and isn't a video game because mm. that's a boring conversation and makes no sense anything can be video game exactly that isn't video game we didn't even talk <laughs> about game elements or uh, like um augmented reality tie-in like portions i really don't think, i felt like we were going to and then we never did i cannot remember for the life of me if we did one yeah but yeah, i think if we if we had discussed it or like had documented that that would at least qualify it yeah like super nintendo world would count enough i guess for game of the year contendership (laughs) (laughs) all right uh next up we have teenage mutant ninja turtles turtles all the way down versus power rangers eras of the grid which one do you want to read i'm gonna give you the option here i'm gonna read power rangers because i wasn't on the turtle episode okay yeah see that's uh, the reason i offered it to you is because in case you wanted to read it because you weren't on that episode. oh okay okay no i'll take power rangers okay uh teenage mutant ninja turtles turtles all the way down is a lightning round based on teenage mutant ninja turtles it's the elusive tanner so mm-hmm. 
Uh, the alien race known as the Krang have gone back in time in order to defeat the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before they can become Teenage Mutant Ninjas. However, as the four turtles are reality constant, this causes a time-space crash, causing different eras and versions of the turtles, as well as their allies and enemies, to collide into a single point in time and space. The battle will continue and escalate in the form of a gotcha beat-em-up with three-fourths above camera angle. Each playable character has a basic attack move and two special abilities, also featuring crossovers with Power Rangers and various IDW Nickelodeon properties. Power Rangers Eras of the Grid is a lightning round about Power Rangers. The psycho writer from Saban's Mask Rider has gone through the history of Power Rangers to empower the various villains across their history. The Phantom Rider and Hyperforce... Nope. Here. The uh, Phantom, Phantom Ranger. Ranger and Hyperforce team up to go through time and set things on the correct path. A Muso game that has 1v1 megazord fights after certain levels uh, i should also specify that the psycho rider is not from saban's mask rider it, it just is saban's mask rider yeah yeah it's kind of a like a, a corrupted version of the mask rider <laughs> <laughs> sorry anytime corruption comes up now i'm gonna be laughing about it <laughs> uh personally i prefer a beat em up over a, a, a muso game yeah yeah because i feel like muso games tend to just get so like contextless about their violence after a certain point and i think beat-em-ups are so close to doing that but they're not quite you know like Mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's they're they're so like so close to being like similar to each other but they're but i I definitely prefer beat-em-ups over muso games also like the idea of like having like uh like turtle gotcha is very funny to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's Turtles wins the round. Also, I really like the phrase space time crash. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or was it time space crash? <laughs> it was one of those. Uh it was a time space crash. Space crash is the one word. Alright, uh next up we have Pokemon Fables, Spirits of Z and Citrine. Pokemon here we go. Pokemon Fable Spirits of Z was uh, the episode where we rambled on for like an hour and a half and then did an episode still. Mm. It's a Pokemon RPG styled after traditional fantasy RPGs with Pokemon playing the roles of the characters and wielding fantasy weapons. Zygarde 100% has been woken by the evil lich Darkrai and is beginning its rampage. By collecting all the Zygarde spirits, you can help put the threat back to sleep and stop the forces of darkness. Citrine, which is a listener prompt from Tanner, is about a kid wielding a fishing rod going on an adventure to find their grandmother's amulet, traveling from town to town talking to people who have met her in her lifetime. You fight shadow creatures and team up with other travelers on their own quests until you find the amulet and return home to take your grandmother to the top of an important hill. It's a 2D platformer with turn-based combat. This is a little bit tough, but I think I do have my pick. Okay. So here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Is that after we did Pokemon Fable Spirits of Z is that I did do some sprite edits. Yeah, and I might have thrown in an RPG Maker add-on into RPG Maker to do Pokemon types. And also I did like a spreadsheet with like move sets. 
to like code into RPG Maker. This almost very was like dangerously close to actually being an RPG Maker project that I finished. Um, but also Citrine, I just adore. it's it's like a, it's got emotions to it. Yeah. yeah, I just I know I like the idea of like kind of having that like Zelda two style of like walking around the world and just kind of like doing your like a little adventure thing, but also. It's less about like, you know, saving the world for something, something like huge and big and crazy. And it's more about like learning about somebody you care about a lot. Mm hmm. It's tough because, yeah, you know, it's things either that we think a lot about because we're fans of Pokemon or it's something that it's like emotionally something mm. and not just RPG of the thing we like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also do just like the phrase, the Dread Lich Darkrai, like, I think that's just fun. <laughs> yeah, it does something with Zygarde, because Pokemon Company refuses to do anything with Zygarde. They were like, here are the Zygarde forms we clearly had, wor- like, working and ready to go for uh, the third Gen 6 game, but we just didn't. Okay, this is an Alola. Sure? <laughs> Listen, I used dog form zygarde for almost half of my sun and moon run i had that as like one of my my mains during the final Mm -hmm. you know is that i had two dogs i had zygarde dog and i had lichen (laughs) rock look with uh legends arceus giving us a new um arcanine form we we just have just a plethora of good dogs in pokemon yeah citrine i want to like citrine more than i do I really wish I did like it more. I think if, like... I think this is another case where, like, I would play Citrine once, weep heavily, and probably not revisit it, where Pokemon Fables hits that certain soft spot of, like, easy-to-digest RPGs that I would probably replay a lot. Like, if the Pokemon company showed anything that was close to Pokemon Fable Spirits of the Sea, we wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, yeah. And then it would come out, and we'd play it for, like, a month, and it would be like, kind of disappointed, probably. Um, but we, you know, we would become obsessed with it for just a very extensive period of time. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's, that's my main thing, is, like, I just want the Pokemon company to do cool and weird and interesting things with the franchise and they're sort of doing that with uh, legends arceus from what i what i've seen but i think i will probably it's definitely one of those cases where like i'm probably gonna wait until it actually comes out to make a decision on whether or not i'm gonna get it yeah um i don't have an answer though i still don't like my answer i think is pokemon fables and i hate it that it is and then, like, before we started really digging into it, I think I was going to say my answer is Citrine. But now I think I've lost that confidence. <laughs> it's a game that seems cute and would be very important, probably. It's just, I got, no, I got nothing. I got no, got no interest to, to feign for it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It's a thing we made up, and I was invested in during the episode. But mm-hmm. right now, I just... I don't have the energy for it, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so, I am I am going. I will live, and I will be okay with Pokemon Fable Spirits of Z going on to the next round. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Astral Debris versus Postronauts. Postronauts goes on to the next round, but as a formality, I'll read the the description. <laughs> yes, Postronaut, first game of the year. Yeah, it's, not 
like game of the year. It's the first game we made this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a game about alien law. An interstellar research drone crash lands on an alien world and forgets some of its directives. As it's found and repaired by a local post officer to use as a help uh, at to use to help deliver mail in a small town they live in, the robot goes about delivering mail and learning about the social rules and day-to-day lives of the alien inhabitants. A cute, non-violent slice of life game with a second screen for mapping and journaling. I forgot that it had like a second screen tie-in. I also forgot about the second screen. <laughs> Because, like, I think um, my brain is mostly focused on, like, it's a cute game about, like, a flying version of Chibi Robot where you just interact with aliens and it's cute and good. And it's less about, like, law and more about, like, the social rules that makes up a society and, like, learning about that. I guess it's also, I guess, I haven't played Moon, but from what I know about Moon, it probably kind of sits at the intersection of, like, where Moon and Chibi-Robo intersect. Yeah, this was, like, around the time when a lot of people were talking about Moon, when mm. we were talking about this. Yeah. A game that I still haven't watched anybody play. I've only heard people talk about it. But. Yeah, and I, it's, I think it's also one of those things where I just want to play myself. I don't want to, like, really... Yeah. Unless Chess does a stream of it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I think Post-Tronaut goes on to the next round entirely. All right, next we have Mega Man Sigma Network versus Job Hunter Overtime Crisis. We are not going to read the entire entry for Mega Man Sigma Network. I mean, you just do the paragraph, right? The first paragraph. Yeah, we're not going to talk about any of the characters, even though one of them is Hyenard. Flame Hyenard. <laughs> uh, Mega Man Sigma Network is a virtual pet visual novel. It's like a college-age visual novel dating sim with three phases. Phase one is the day-to-day life. You interact with people and you grow your relationships. Phase two is a virtual pet view of your protagonist. You can have them perform training to affect their stats, etc. Phase three is a simple RPG experience. The three party members that you have set auto-attack and you have access to four abilities that you can perform depending on your party composition. Lan, the protagonist, uh, their roommate, Alia, gives them a personal assistant terminal complete with the default AI, which is x.net. This assistant helps them in their day-to-day life and can interact with other people's personal assistant terminals in the game, Sigma Network, which is the game within the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I forgot we also put Boomer Kowanger in here. We did. A lot of us just like reading Mega Man character names on that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also coming up with a pretty, if I remember correctly, like a very good like kissable network of uh, people to just interact with. I forgot alias.net was Axel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I personally like Job Hunter more than I like Mega Man Sigma Network. Personally. Mm, I, I thought Mega Man Sigma Network was going to go really far, but in this particular matchup, I do believe it goes to Job Hunter. They got, they got, they got destroyed by just the bad luck. Yeah. Like, if it was going up against the Wonderland Wars, I would take Mega Man, I think. Yeah. Agreed. It's just bad luck. Mm. This is the bracket. This is the bracket system. This it's is what true. it does. Alright, next up we have Big Bad Battalion Bash versus Final Fantasy XII Crystal Saucer. Big Bad Battalion Bash is an RTS game. You can either play as Crocolisk, Meowfistopheles, the evil wizard Grimstaff, or Chet Davidson. 
as you generate underlings to prove that you are the biggest big bad of them all. Each map has a main victory objective that may require tactical planning, although simply destroying all who oppose you is always an option. Final Fantasy XII Crystal Saucer is a Flying City minigame collection. The city of Re- or the the kingdom of Rabanaster is in need of Nethesite, so Ash and the crew of Final Fantasy XII leave to investigate a flying city that is said to be rich in- with it. Upon arrival, they discover they discover that the city is actually a theme park, and they split up to win Nethesite from various Final Fantasy inspired mini games, such as platforming up a, a toppling tower of cactuars or rail shooting featuring or a rail shooter featuring various enemies from the game series it's so funny that that episode came out before the anniversary episodes yeah (laughs) because it is just a combination of the two (laughs) (laughs) and it's it's i like the idea of being like no, this Final Fantasy universe has a gold saucer now. Like, they literally copy-pasted it from 7 to 14, and now we're going to do something similar for 12. This is just a thing now. That's because Ivalice exists in 14. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, the kingdom of Rabanaster was taken over by the Garlean Empire. Rabanaster is by Garlea. <laughs> or I guess, Garlemald. Um, question. Yes. Is that just going to be the one that wins? I think so. I like, you know, I wasn't like, at first I was going to be like, I don't really care for Big Bad Battalion, but I should understand why people voted for it. And then I read and I'm like, you know, that's kind of fun. Mm. It's kind of a fun take on an RTS. Yeah, yeah. We did a good job. Mm. Even if I forgot about it. (laughs) I I do like the idea of um, an RTS where you're just kind of like a very like, ineffective cartoonish villain i think that's like a cute take on rts yeah yeah i, I was just like i don't remember the characters i didn't like even remember that we made up some of those characters like oh yeah meow Fistopheles. that's fun but also think about making captain bosch go chocobo racing yeah <laughs> or like making making like um balthier do like a rhythm game and he gets very into it yeah, no, it's uh, it's like that video of those uh, Yakuza cosplayers doing that one uh, dance game, but mm. it's fucking Valtier and uh, Fran. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, God. imagine dancing in those heels. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure she's used to it. She does fucking Tomb Raider moves in her heels. Man, Final Fantasy XII rules. It's a game I still haven't finished, but I love it. I love it so much. I love it with my whole heart. Honestly, big same. Um, I also like that um, I have to remind people that the Vieira accent is supposed to be based off of, like, Icelandic people. Because, mm. like, uh, I guess not so spo- or spoilers for Endwalker, but there is a voiced male Vieira in the MSQ. Mm-hmm. and and he has a little bit of an accent you know a buddy i was hanging out with was like what is this character's accent i was like well the Vieira from 12 are supposed to be ba- like their manner of speaking is supposed to be based off of like Icelandic, so it's probably Which kind that. of explains like the i don't want to say stills but like kind of stilted way that fran speaks mm-hmm. yeah it's it's very like english as a second language for mm-hmm. her Alright, uh, next matchup, we have Just Adventure Together in Harmony versus Wily Coyote in Clone Crisis. Which one would you like to read? Oh, I'll do... I'll do Just Adventure. 
If I can find it on the, the fucking list. That's a, it's in the the higher part. It's in between Days on Iris and Citrine. Okay. Did we say that Citrine was a tanner joint? I think I did. I think I did. Okay. Oh, there it is. Okay, so Just Adventure Together in Harmony is a sequel to a previous title. After saving the world from Mr. Underworldwide, the genre nations return back to normal. However, this normalcy involves contempt between each of these groups. You and your friends must travel to the multicolored neon lands and bring the people and leaders of rock, disco, pop, and hip-hop nations together in harmony. Wily Coyote is a kid-friendly, asymmetrical multiplayer, non-video game tie-in RTS. Wile E. Coyote has purchased an Acme cloning booth and has created five of himself in an attempt to catch the Roadrunner. However, the Roadrunner enters the booth afterwards, pressing the button so many times that it explodes, resulting in it creating clones of itself whenever it eats birdseed. The Wily Coyote player must gather resources to set traps to catch all the Roadrunners, while the Roadrunner player must eliminate all five coyotes before any of them recover. Um... Spoilers, I believe Wily Coyote, uh, the Wily Coyote one was Lava's game of the year when I had Lava fill it out. I, I, I could definitely see that from them. And also, I think that is my winner for this round as well. You know, I could see it. I, I, I could see it. It's like a fun concept more than anything. Yeah, I think it's a fun take on both an asymmetrical game, but also like using things that are traditionally in RTSs. Mm-hmm. And also, I just like thinking about the powerhouse music. Yeah. Alright, uh, final one in round one. This will be the last time we have to read any of the descriptions, and I want to read this one. So okay. I'm going to read it. Do it. Uh, we have Wrecker Rally versus Jean Record Counterattack. Jean Record Counterattack was a tactics game. As the newest band to enter this year's Slug Festival, a traveling contest of band on band combat. You must work your way up the ranks as you and your ever-growing team of musicians take on a new genre and a new enemy every week at a new location. Tactical combat interspersed with assigning new skills and abilities while changing the band's look and sound to fit that week's challenge. I love, love, love genre chord. Like, not only is it just a fun concept, but I also think we got something similar to Final Fantasy Tactics Advance's law system to work in a tactics game. Because, like, you've got these, like, um, like, specifications you're trying to hit, but there's, like, um, like a looseness in that, like, interpretation. Like, I think we, we had, like, certain rounds where it was like, okay, you need percussion, but we're not going to specify what it is, so you could bring somebody in that match that, ha- like, plays a triangle. Yeah. And ska band with a triangle and 14 saxophones that and like i like the idea of um dynamic soundtracks just in general i think they're really neat and like the dynamic soundtrack matching your unit selection is genius and i've realized that it could be a little bit easier to implement using midis mm-hmm mm-hmm if you just have a different MIDI for each instrument and then have the different parts of the sound mm-hmm. like of the song, yeah, you could separate it out that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's still not easy. Well, yeah. Well, but it's yeah. easier. Uh-huh. Um, I remember being really choked up about the, the finale, the ending for Jean Record as well. Because like, I think that the ending is them realizing that they just need to stay true to what they want to do and who they are. And like, there's like a credit sequence... Yeah, it's um, 
it was the final match is the band itself splitting into and the original members versus everyone else as mm. the original members stick to like the original aesthetic and yeah. everybody else is doing their own thing and it's like cutting back and forth and playing a couple of credits each time the turn changes yeah but also like kind of like you know having fun but still beating the shit out of each other because it's a bat you know you're doing battle yeah i think we also had some fun like talk about like how like certain instruments have like gameplay like um mechanics too like oh gosh was it like the double bass like upright bass was like a tank weapon or something like that <laughs> something like that or like um you know like the, just a dancing unit mm-hmm. that is like a high mobility yeah they can do yeah. like crowd surfing and stuff like, you can't go crowd surfing with a with the drum yeah yeah oh yeah it was like yeah the higher your mobility is the more like like weird stunts you can do like crowd surfing yeah yeah this that was a good episode that's a good game I, i'm just thinking about it makes me pumped yeah um but like also like wrecker rally i feel like we're like talking to like contestants on a fucking like reality show but like i <laughs> i do we're really... the contestants <laughs> but like wrecker rally like the the idea of like a car based fortnite just needs to happen this just needs to be something that happens especially with like the idea of having like there being buildings that are doing the, the Hot Wheels shit. Yeah. Like, you go into one and it, like, scoops your car up and flings it out backwards on the second floor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally, make it Hot Wheels branded. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the Hot Wheels game came out. It was all right, I hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Jean Record. You're Jean making it to on. the next round. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. We're back. In th- we're on round two now. It's time for... I died and got reincarnated as a secret bonus boss versus DN animals. I died wins. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it's number one seed for a reason. It's very yeah, um, yeah. DN animals is like a, a good concept of a game that I just want to play, being like blazed out of my mind sitting on the couch. But I died is a game that I just want to like just sink my teeth into and just experience. Yeah, I said that DN Animals is like a fucking DS era cult classic. Mm-hmm. That people realize after the fact that they should have played. Yeah, for um, sure. Whereas I Died and Got Reincarnated as a Secret Bonus Boss is like hitting like the arcade spirits part of my brain where it's like, that was a good visual novel and I would like to play more of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Arcade Spirits 2 coming out next year, I think. Oh, exciting. Alright, uh, next round. This one's gonna be harder. It's gonna be much harder, in my opinion. Okay. For you to convince me otherwise. <laughs> okay. Because it's a magical messenger versus Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced 3 Journey of the Grimoire. Okay, so surprise, I think it's still Magical Messenger. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't have to like, do any arguing. No, like, I, I, I will admit that, like, yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced 3 is something I just want to exist as a thing, even if it's not this concept, but... I think Magical Messenger, I think, covers more. Like, I like, again, it's, you're kissing cute boys, and it's about, like, RPG-ness. Like, what what mm-hmm. could you ask ask for, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So that determines what that, that final showdown for that division is going to be. Oh, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the fantasy division. Yeah, it really is. 
All right, uh, Auroral Phoenix versus Gex Analog. Personally, I feel like Auroral Phoenix. I'm a big Gex fan. You know this about mm-hmm. me. But it's it's a joke. It's like a funny joke. Yeah. I, I think it's not like I don't think the game idea is a joke. I mm, think that the game itself is like a funny joke. Yeah, it's yeah. A game yeah. Jokes. I also have to agree that I think Aurora Phoenix moves on from that pairing. I think again, I think Gex is something I want to see in the world, but I think in this case I just I prefer the original concept versus the thing that we based off of something else. Yeah. That's it, like, I, w- I would fucking chow down on some Gex right now. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, next up we have jwebs.blogzone versus Heart of the City. This is a tough one because they are very different ideas. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if we're, if a uh, metric that we are bringing up a lot this episode is, like, how much would you play this game? Or I guess, like, replayability? I think yeah, it doesn't have to be replayability. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the reason I brought it up specifically with Shop Till You Drop Dead is because I don't think I would even finish it. I think I would just like play it for a little bit and then put it down. Yeah, yeah. Which honestly might be what I do with Heart of the City as well because I'm just not super into Souls games. Yeah, um, I think I think that's kind of where it comes down to for me too. Like I feel like Heart of the City, like every Souls game, I would start a hundred times but probably wouldn't get too far in. Versus, I feel like a game like JWeb's Top Log Zone, I would finish by nature of it's not like mechanically intensive, but it's more like emotionally like difficult. Mm-hmm. And then you'd put it down after beating it once and be like, never again. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna go curl up, like cocoon with a bunch of blankets, weep, and then uninstall. <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, next up we have Neo-Salem Freerunners versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles all the way down. I I think it's Neo-Salem Freerunners for me. Yeah, I mean, like, I think from the same concept of, like, that's a game that I could see myself playing with some friends if I had mm. friends that wanted to play it. Mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles suffers from being, like, the kind of game that I probably would play, like, once or twice and then put down and never, then, like, uninstall it. Yeah, yeah. Um... Because it takes a lot for me to get into like a, a game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you know, there's the the whole uh, IP tax. Yeah. Speaking of IP tax, <laughs> Pokemon Fable Spirits of Z versus Poster Not. This is what an interesting matchup because I love both of these dearly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shit. <laughs> I want to say poster not because I that is the, that is the first game we made this year, and I have at no point did I forget what it was. Agreed, full stop. It is like fully stuck in my head, and it's like yeah, yeah, that was a good game we made. That was the best way to start off the year that we could have. Yeah, Pokemon full- Fables is like I've come to the thought of what if Pokemon, but like an actual RPG, once or twice in my life, mm-hmm. I could have it happen again. Yeah. I, I think I'm fully fully with you there. Alright, so Postronaut is going to be moving on. Alright, uh, next up we have Job Hunter Overtime Crisis versus Final Fantasy XII Crystal Saucer. I think it is not actually a question at all for me that I do think I like Job Hunter more. Agreed. Because they're both, in a sense, minigame collections, but... The the like air juggling with bullets and like the, the, like, the, the absurdity antics. of Job Hunter puts it over for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah like 
I think there's unintentional, like, absurdity in the Final Fantasy XII in that you could make, like, the stoic Final Fantasy XII characters do silly things. About the air with the fanny pack and the big gulp. Mm-hmm. But Job Hunter has absurdity baked in, in its very DNA. Mm-hmm. And also has the guy on the, the announcer just doing silly voices. Great combo! Yeah, I can't. I, I've been tempted to say the one that I said on that episode, but I'm just, I can't, I can't do it. This is a game of the year part two. I can't dare solely it with that crass joke. Uh, we have Wiley Coyote in Clone Crisis versus Jean Record Counterattack. Jean Record wins! Yeah, yeah, of course it does. A game that literally energizes me just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the, we're, we're, I think we're officially in the prelims. I think it's the semifinals. I think semifinals will will be when it's f- just the four left. All right, then just the quarterfinals. Yeah, here we go. Discussions are going to get a little bit more difficult. Hearts are going to be broken. Okay, <clears throat> quarterfinals. Here we go. I died and got reincarnated as a secret bonus boss versus magical messenger. Two very similar games. Yeah. This is the most similar any two games have been in a contest. And also being put up against each other in, in the, the bracket. Um, personally, I think just going by sheer gameplay, I do mm-hmm. believe I Died wins a little bit more because it does have actual RPG battles. See, by gameplay, I was actually thinking Magical Messenger, but mm-hmm. I like the characters that we've created for bonus boss in the story we've sort of come up with as yeah. a little bit more yeah um i struggle with games that are primarily text-based um i i I've, I've never gotten an official diagnosis but i'm extremely certain that i've got dyslexia so like anytime there's just like large blocks of text on the screen i just i struggle with that and i think that's why like games like final fantasy 14 work for me because not only are they voice acted but blocked attacks tend to be smaller and i get breaks from it by like doing mmo bullshit between like cutscenes. Mm-hmm. i think something about the real-time element of it like of having like, a texting style game yeah does something that like just makes a good chemical in my brain mm-hmm. makes me feel like i'm socializing with someone yeah yeah um but yeah i mean we made character art for one of these. That's what I'll say. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Aurora Phoenix versus JWebs.blogzone. This is a tough one. But I think I have an answer. Do you have an answer? Okay, let me hear it. Because I think this boils down to... I play games a lot of the time to feel happy. To escape from feelings of like depression and anxiety... Mm-hmm. And, like, I like media about sad things, but it's not what I usually go to media for. Mm-hmm. So I crave games that are more of an escape for me, rather than reflections of what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And in that regard, I think it's Aurora Phoenix for me. I think games like JWebs.blogzone are very important to make and talk about. Like, we should, as a society, be talking about, like, issues like this more. Sorry. Yes, I, I definitely agree <laughs> with the point you're making. But talking about it like it's a real game is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Look, these are real. These are real to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We are discussing mental health in a fake game, and I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I am ultimately drawn to games that are just, like, fun and nice and... <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing about it, is that I think this round is um, kind of a wash, because no matter what wins here, it's not going to win the next one. Agreed. Because <laughs> um, neither of these are strong enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I can I can agree that Aurora Phoenix has earned it. It's fought its way out of the preliminaries. <laughs> it didn't even get any, like, really points for the, the seeding, did it? No, no. It was all the way back in... Uh, the fight against Bibliopolis. Mm-hmm. All right. Neo Salem Freerunners versus Posternaut. I think the Posternaut's better. Full agreed. Simple. <laughs> I, I'm genuinely surprised Neo Salem made it this far, but I think it's because of what it was being put up against. Yeah, it is definitely the strongest in its seed. I think it was up against all like tie-ins. Yes, it, it never once had to fight a non-IP. In the moment it had to fight a non-IP, it lost it was, instantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, now here's a combo that is absolutely no MP, IP involved. We have Job Hunter Overtime Crisis versus Genre Court Counterattack. I do like them both. I think they're both very good games for different reasons. Yeah. Um, Genre Court, I do think, is better. Because I have very strong feelings about that. Possibly winning the whole thing. Yeah, I... Am agreeing with that matchup and John Record coming out on top. Job Hunter was a very fun recording. Good laughs. Good vulgar jokes. <laughs> I would love for it to be real. I'd love for it to be real and to play it like once or twice. Yeah. Or like borrow someone's VR set and play it for a night. Yeah. You know, every one of these rounds has had a uh, one game that is from the preliminary before round one rounds that made it really far. Good. Like each division had like that kind of long runner that made it from the from the hole. Yeah. So yeah, Job Hunter and I died, huh? And Wrecker Rally. Oh no, no, those didn't come from the from the hole. Those those were no problem. Job Hunter did. Uh-huh. I died didn't. I died was number one seed. Oh, right, right, right. But Magical uh, Messenger. Magical Messenger, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, and Aurora Phoenix, for that matter, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's time for the semifinals. I died and got reincarnated as a bonus boss versus Aurora Phoenix. I think we've already established that. Uh, I, I think died it's I died. Here. I think it's yeah. I died. Aurora Phoenix lacks. Like, I think, I think there was, like, implied gay tension, but it's not like actual gay like i died i think yeah it's the it's the smell of the gay mm-hmm. it, it's like ryan and, and shulks whatever that go, is going on there yeah. <laughs> it's like how dunban's probably definitely bisexual oh yeah uh <laughs> poster not versus genre record counterattack sorry just to you know derail that instantly you're good i didn't really have much to say other than i haven't even recruited dunban and i knew that <laughs> um i love posternaut a lot yes i it, it I was agree that it is a very powerful game that's important to this entire year but i also think that i think just as far as like digging into game mechanics and like functions of a video game i think we talked about genre court a little bit more and i i think that is also like my wheelhouse mm-hmm. like that is 
extremely my bullshit. Yes. Uh, like if genre core genre core counterattack, if that existed now, I would uh, purchase it at basically any price. Mm-hmm. That's a game that I'm super into. Like you, like I would probably get the special edition steelbook pre-order. <laughs> I'd buy the special edition that comes with the pin set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got like the different like uh, um, instrument like job icons. Okay, uh, so here it is. The final confrontation. We all knew it was coming to this. Deep in your heart, you knew mm-hmm. that this was the final showdown. Jean record counterattack versus I died and got reincarnated as a secret bonus boss. Now, I personally think it's Jean record counterattack because we've talked about like it's more mechanically interesting. Um, and while well, it's not like as cute of a story it still does have like an interesting story there that is servicing the kind of gameplay that it is Mm -hmm. i after kind of going through the bracket after discussing everything reviewing i think going into this i would have said i died would have taken it for me but in this moment where we are now i do believe our game of the year is genre board counterattack i think i think it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a rarity, but I think it's interesting when we talk about a game's concept and we actually are able to do a full outline of its plot. Mm-hmm. Like we had a beginning, middle, and end. We talked about like closing sequence. We talked about game mechanics, how the instruments change your characters, how you can improve your characters, who you are, how you interact with the world. I think not only was it just like, a fun concept, but I think that we put a lot of effort into that episode and really fleshed this out. Mm-hmm. And we also like, and we did a lot of that with Secret Bonus Boss too. Uh huh. Um, but like something about genre record counterattack sticks in my brain more. Is like I, this is meaty, and I want to just devour it. I think for me, it's a unique take on um, like a genre that like we're both acquitted with. But it's doing something very, I think, new with it. Versus, I played and got reincarnated as a bonus boss, plays to genre conventions, and is mm-hmm. very conventional in mm-hmm. some of its gameplay elements. Also, can we point out that this is literally a Tanner episode versus, or a Tanner prompt versus a Tanner prompt? Was genre Court counterattack a ca- Tanner prompt? I thought it was. Is it not? No, it was a tactics thing, I think. Oh, well. Also, just congratulations, Tanner, for getting a a a, a, a prompt to the fi- like the finals. That's that's crazy. Good job. You no, know, but... for genre record, I think I was on that fucking portmanteau website. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's all coming back to me. Yeah, right, because I was thinking of the 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 one we did last season where the the theaters were for beating each other up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shakespeare something mm-hmm. i know shakespeare was the subtitle mm-hmm. it's the only part of it i remember god i yeah game of the year 2021 genre chord counterattack yeah um for the purposes of determining how i draw this over the course of the next year mm-hmm. what game console do you think this came out on <laughs> i think it's um a current gen like multi-platform like game because i to me i really 
gravitated towards kind of that pixel style of what's that game called the the game you stream to me that's based off of power rangers chroma squad yeah something the 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 look of this game to me is very chroma squad adjacent Mm -hmm. just because like i think that also helped us come up with some of the mechanics for this game all right. The thing is, I do need a console that I can make a fake box art of. Well, th- let's do Switch then. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this has been a great one. This has been a great year, I think, overall. Actually, yeah. for our podcast, at the very least. Hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think I've said this before, but like RNGG is one of the highlights of my week. I I, I love this show. Hmm. I love and the work we do here. <laughs> I feel like a lot of growth has happened within like the, the list. This is like sounds like I'm talking about statistics, but I'm not. I'm talking about people that I know that are listening to the show and that are yeah. interacting with us. Yeah. Um, there's been an increase in that, and I love that um, mm-hmm. because it means that other people are enjoying the thing that we make. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I'm not so like super focused on growth, but I am also like it is nice when like you get like a nice like thumbs up and like that little bit of like support you know mm-hmm. well i mean okay so i guess we should establish what we're doing or we're coming back for next year because mm-hmm. um this upcoming saturday is the uh the first yeah we could record on the first mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping us um but then we wouldn't be able to record on the eighth because charlie will be down i'll be having a visitor from the second to the tenth mm we could always do like a normal sode and a lightning round next week we do a double recording okay yeah, yeah. um i just have to find time to edit but you know rngg is an easy edit mm-hmm. of all the podcasts that i do rngg is the one that i can consistently do within like the day before it needs to go up yeah by which i mean when it goes up on tuesday half the time i'm editing it on tuesday <laughs> <laughs> maybe more than half at this point there's been several episodes where I just open up the program of Odessi, start editing at like 11 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I guess, yeah, I guess really all we have to say is that thank you all for joining us over another year. Looking forward to figuring out what 2022, not 2023, oh yeah, looking forward to see what 2023 is. Yeah. And GG, uh, <laughs> but also 2022, the year mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I guess that's it for closing thoughts. You got anything? Um, not really other than just thanks for listening. You know, like genuinely thanks for your support. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to finish Final Fantasy 4. I think we're just going to scrap that. <laughs> Sorry for subjecting it to subjecting you to it for several months. Look, we we tried things out. It's about learning and it's about the games you don't play, like Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> Look, I am I am glad we at least played some of four going into Endwalker. And this when is you... the first I've ever gotten in four. Yeah. Um I can't say the same thing because I got all the way to the la- one of the last dungeons, my first playthrough. But I think this is the first one where I actually enjoyed playing it. <laughs> Alright, um, so I guess yeah, we'll just gonna be jumping back into it next week then. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I thought we might end up with an off week, but no, we're we're going into it. Yeah, yeah. Strike them all the irons hot. It doesn't get hotter than the first of January. Exactly. 
Yeah, the way that the calendar falls for this year is kind of crazy with Christmas Day being the last Saturday of the year. And then just going yeah. right into New Year's Day, the Saturday yeah. after. So, uh, if you want to send us your thoughts on how we totally ruined the bracket by pushing the themes that we like more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to if you want to roast us for talking about corruption all this year. <laughs> if you want to make another funny image like Tanner did last year where it said Mr. Underworld Wide will remember that. Or did mm. I make that? I made that. No, yeah, I yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> Tanner got fan art made of Mister Underworld, mm-hmm. and that's what I was thinking of. Uh, the this year's uh, Mister Underworld Underworldwide will remember this. It is Laren will remember this, and it's just like a dragon scowling. It's just Laren at the beach with his boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Crash, where are you online? I am online at Daphne Oliver XIV. You can find me there posting. I do be posting. Uh, Casty, where are you online? I'm online at Twitter at Mad Lobotanist. It's M A D L O B O T A N I S T. You can find my website, which is all my podcast that I do and the stuff that I've guessed it all on my website, which is at madlobotanist.neocities.org. Same as Twitter, neocities.org. There's a dog bark right in the middle of that, so you're just going to have to deal with it because I, <laughs> I'm not going to retake it. <laughs> um yeah so i guess that just leaves us to say until next year good luck and have fun oh hold on i'm still recording so i can say this i forgot to say that the the intro music is by jeremy at taught you face on twitter at apex city cast on twitter okay bye <laughs> also hi cassidy here again from the future uh we forgot to roll on this thing so i rolled after the fact so the next the first episode of rngg 2022 will be about a wild west adventure okay now for real goodbye